0: welcome back to eclipse on tap the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general this is episode number 14 14 i'm one of the two co-hosts matt and with me is other co-host david
1: what's up everybody um this is eclipse on tap brunch edition got here got and our got Bloody Marys. It. Yeah, we got a little Bloody Mary action going on, as opposed to the uh, usual beer to start off here. Yeah, maybe in the second
0: half we might roll out the beer. but Yeah,
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, number 14. Yeah, yeah so Brunch Welcome. Edition,
0: we've both been uh, pretty busy, so this episode's coming out a little bit later in the month than normal, but we figured that that's all right, you know? It's all If, if we're getting one episode out per month, that was our goal from the beginning, and, uh, and we're going to stick to it, so... Um, yep. Being busy, though, we figured we'd just uh, do a nice Sunday Sunday afternoon episode, brunch episode. Yeah, that's
1: so. right. Got oh, a Bloody got... Mary with uh, yeah.
0: McClure's Bloody Mary mix out of Detroit, Michigan. That's right. That was really That's really good stuff.
1: It is good stuff. Um, definitely uh, some zing to it. Yeah, um, it's pretty spicy. Like, yeah. yeah, I like it. the stuff. I've kind of I've never thought I'd really be into a Bloody Mary, but uh, the older I get, I think it's an acquired taste, but yeah. um, definitely always a good Sunday treat, you know? Mm-hmm. Watch a little football, hang mm-hmm. out, and um, do a podcast. So Yep, and but, crunch mm-hmm. on your celery like this. Yeah. That's the thing is it's basically a meal. You don't even have to You throw all your veggies in there for... Yeah, all your uh, nutrients. feel like it's healthy, you know? Vodka's probably not the most healthy but it's all good it's it's mixed in. it's masked
0: it's masked by so many other flavors you don't even know it's there exactly but yeah i've got um some celery in mine some pickles uh some olives that i already ate yep um yeah it's pretty tasty there's a place in downtown grand rapids called stella's uh one of the best burger spots in town and they have a uh, Bloody Mary bar on fr- or on Sundays from eleven to three, and it's five dollars for a build your own Bloody Mary. Yeah. And uh, we, I think, would both agree that it's some of the best in town. I think so. So we've, yeah. uh, we built our own Bloody Mary bar this this time though for the podcast. That's right.
1: A little bit of Bloody Mary action, and uh, and we we'll, yeah we'll, like we said we'll we got a little bit of a, a little tasty beer to feature in the yeah in the second, second half. half here, but. What uh, what we want to do? I think this month. Let's just start off. What have we been up to lately? Yeah, it's been a That's little a while question. since we've uh, since, since our we've... trash find of the last yeah. episode.
0: That feels like forever ago. Yeah, but it really wasn't that
1: long. No, haven't found any more trash. Um, I think but it, yeah, just. Been staying busy riding a little, riding some bikes and all that kind of stuff. We've been bowling still. Team Eclipse on tap has been yeah been on doing, a roll in the, the bowling scene lately. Been doing um, pretty well
0: in our league. Yeah. Um, when we first signed up for the league, we didn't realize that the team name on our like little league dues card uh, had to match the team name on our sign up sheet. So we wrote it on our league dues chart, but we didn't put it on our sign up sheet. So he just had us as Team Six. For the longest yeah. time. I mean, now we're a team that clips on tap officially, and yeah. uh, it's going well. We are... I think we're still in first place.
1: I think so. I think we, we should be, because we only have
0: two... The last two weeks we've lost. The last two weeks we've lost, we but. won one out of three games last week. Yeah. And then the week before, we won two out of three. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: The... Uh, the, the biggest challenge was uh, two weeks ago... Against the, uh, the little old ladies, the uh, Polish Falcons ladies team. They, yeah. they, they, really, they, they handed us our own asses. They were they, impressive, yeah. yeah. So the they, league is, uh, is casual in, in that it is
0: a, a handicap league. So just like in golfing, uh, bowling can have a handicap too. So uh, it worked identically to golf, really. Uh, very similar sports when it comes to scoring and stuff um, and doing leagues. So you bowl the first week and you're just based that's based on your scratch score. You're just random or not random. Your what your played score was, how many pins you actually got down, um, and then after that they generate a handicap. And I think our handicaps are all right around like seventy five to eighty five. Mine's like eighty, yeah. 80 something. Julia, Julia's I think. Julia's is be like ninety or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and then mine's I think like seventy five or eighty, yeah. and. So then, of course, that's just added to your scratch score. So we're playing the Polish Falcons team, and they are—they probably had handicaps like the fifties and fifty to seventy range. Still, like they have like the perfect balance between still a a good benefit from their handicap, but they're also pretty good, really good. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, they were they were tough. And then last week, we uh, were facing a team we had faced earlier in the season, and we actually beat them. Two out of three in the first time we met them. Yeah. But then in uh, this this round we we got crushed. We, um,
1: we uh, bowled against them the first week I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah no, or second, second week. Second, yeah, week, second, yeah. Week,
0: second yeah. week. Yeah. And we're lucky because if we bowled against them the first week we would have gotten crushed with our yeah. scratch score. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're really good. The the one of their bowlers um, doesn't even really have a handicap. He because he, he bowls so well. He he's bowled you know close to a three hundred a couple times. Yeah. And then the other bowlers are, are pretty decent. So they, they got on a roll where each of their four four teammates um was bowling a strike every frame for like three frames in a row. So was, Yeah. Yeah, they started to take over. So yeah. but I think we're still in first. I think so. And I, We are yeah, we're man. through six weeks. So there's four more weeks to go. And this uh the first in the first half? Yeah, first half here. And then the season will take a break for I think it's like six weeks, yeah. Maybe I think it's six weeks because it's I think it's ten weeks on, six weeks off, ten weeks on. Yeah. So it'll kick up after the new year, and then it'll go through like sometime in
1: March. I think end of March. So it's kind of yeah. a long season. Yeah, it it's a grueling, stressful season, and yeah. uh, I have a new uh, secret weapon though. I have you do? The, the Ebonite Maverick. Yep. The Maverick. Uh, so the Maverick two. Which is the European release? Yeah. So the Japanese release. The, yep. Which will be key in this podcast. Later. Which will be key in the podcast, and we definitely have uh, Japanese listeners. So uh, hopefully, everybody uh, can relate to the 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 Maverick Two. If the, anyone's knows of that bowling ball, but it's uh, it's pretty sweet. There's a it fighter is. jet on the side. Yeah, it's a great looking ball. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's I just, like what blue and blue and red. Ish, yeah, swirl. It's like bluish red swirl, and then uh, yeah, it's like a matte salad a matte finish. finish, yeah. But uh, I don't do it any justice at all, <laughs> not yet, but, not uh, yet. Usually, soon enough, yeah. Usually it's uh, hooks way to the left and into the gutter, but uh, soon sooner or later I'll figure it out. But same, same with you like, when I got yeah, my ball, yeah. You got the mission unknown, was I the was same terrible, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: excuse my chewing, I'm eating a pickle. Oh,
1: please do. <laughs> I'd That's be offended
0: a, if you didn't. Bloody Mary, you know. Um, actually, I'm sorry. It's a wickle. <laughs> it's a wickle, yeah. yeah. What What is a wickle? That's just the brand? It's the brand, yeah. It's a wickle. Got,
1: a spiced pickle. Yeah, it's like a s- sweet, spicy pickle. They're very good. Mm. They're very good,
0: especially in a Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to... So, when, I was first, when we were first bowling, um, we both had a ball that didn't have a core, and so... A ball that doesn't have a core is, yeah, it's of course not going to hook for you nearly as much as it would, but it uh, it does have a, uh, a more forgiving, um, I don't know, the ball is more forgiving. You're not going to gutter ball a lot because if you throw, unless you throw it straight into the gutter, it's not going to hook into the gutter for you. And um, so with that said, when we when I upgraded to a core ball, the Mission Unknown, which we talked about on the podcast, yeah. um, I was terrible with that ball for a while. And uh, it was a situation where it was really frustrating because, like you said, it's hooking so hard that it's actually going into the left gutter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, even like this last week, it, the lanes were really dry. And when the lanes are really dry, um, as all of you bowlers know, the traction of the ball is significantly greater. And yeah. uh, I actually had to switch back to good old Terry, just the, yeah. my, my coreless ball, and it was doing me much better. It's kind yeah. of a play, I don't know. play the conditions.
1: I don't know if it's just the... Um just the fact that they're older lanes or if it's just the amount of oil that he puts down because like when we first got there it was like a f- ice rink mm-hmm. and then after like the first three games it all of a sudden it was just dry as a popcorn fart
0: Yeah, the first, the first ball I threw in practice was with uh, an oil slick, literally and the Mission Unknown struck, it was fantastic mm-hmm. it was like the perfect, because my ball and your ball are both rated for like medium to heavy oil and then, as soon as the game started, I was like, what the hell? It was, yeah, it was dry. Yeah. It was like a freaking desert lane. So... Yeah.
1: And I, uh, I damaged my pinky, so I was just doing classic chuck it at the pins mm-hmm. type, uh, bowling. So, this past <clears throat> week, because I basically punched a tree on a mountain bike ride, so... Never, never fun. Pinky is out of commission, but, uh, you know, hopefully that heals up here. But you're pushing through but it. I'm pushing through it. I'm, you know... Their coach is still putting me in. So. Yep. Yep. So that's yep.
0: bowling. We're we're gonna hope hope. I hope that we're on top. It'd be cool to walk into the the break for in first place. We have no idea what you win, but I'm pretty sure we would we could win some cash. So. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll see. That's bowling. Um. So that's still every Monday night thing. And. And yeah, we've been uh, you know in the holiday season, not holiday season, but the the Halloween season. I should say. I guess that. Yeah. For some people, it's a holiday. Um, but yeah, so we've been uh, in the fall, you know, scary movie mood.
1: Scary movie mood like everybody, you know. We, kinda...
0: we went to see the new Halloween movie on Friday when it, it was the opening night. It was yep. a packed theater, which was kind of annoying, uh, as I'm sure any listener who has gone to an opening night, like, prime time premiere, like the time that everyone is going to go. Yeah. We went at 850 Um, it's full of a bunch of broskies and, um, jabronis, yeah, jabronis and there's a lot of chatter and, and so, you know,
1: a lot of people talking during the movie.
0: So like, I don't know, it was kind of a combination of that and the actual movie was really quiet. Like the, the, whoever was the, I don't know what their, what the person that's running the reel up top, um, whatever their job title is, the film technician or what I don't know. Yeah, dude, I'm a film tech.
1: <laughs> film tech, at, to uh, you know the theater.
0: Yeah, at Celebration Cinema, it's so freaking right. cool, bro. But yeah, so they um, they really needed to like turn the volume up. So that w- but none of us really could get out because I like if I was sitting on the end, I totally would have got gone down and asked the the desk or whatever, can you turn the audio up? Yeah. But because it was like really quiet.
1: It seemed like it was I like and I don't know, I was also just a little bit distracted by like the people. Up, uh, we were sitting kind of at the top, right? Uh, it's all stadium seating, obviously. So everybody up there—it seemed like everyone was just whispering and or just flat out talking. Literally, and then, talking, there was somebody yeah. whose phone started ringing, and he—the guy—answered the phone, and, and it was a dog bark. Yeah, the, the ringtone yeah. was a dog bark. Yeah, this yeah, was a little really bit really pissing me off. Right? Yeah, a little obnoxious
0: yeah. for sure. Especially you know, it's you know, money, money that everyone mm-hmm. in the theater is spending. So everyone should be respectful of everyone's, uh, you know time and that they're exactly. taking out whatever. So, but the movie itself was good. It was really good. Um I would recommend it if you're into the horror movie genre. I think yeah. that Halloween is technically a slasher movie is what they call it. Yeah. It's not it's like a, not a true horror movie, but um yeah. you know in that same in the same vein. Um it was really good though. It very yeah.
1: very entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a good one. I mean definitely uh I think better than some of the sequels that they mm. had have had, but uh, we're yeah. speaking of movies. Um, we're I'm looking forward to going to see the uh, first man movie as well. But yeah, uh, yeah that's, that'll or, be next week. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're going to try to see it. Or well, this upcoming week on Tuesday, yeah. um, that's the plan. So that'll be fun. Yeah, but yeah, it's always a good time, you know, to see a scary movie and around Halloween. I thought it was. As far as like a mod- the modern day remix of um, these types of movies, it was better than the two thousand seven remake of Halloween. Yeah, and I um, I never saw that. That one's cool because yeah. it does show a little more backstory about when Michael Myers is a kid, and he gets bullied, and you know there's all these things that lead up to him, yeah. uh, doing what he does, uh, and so that that's an interesting perspective. But uh, as far as being pretty. You know, in tune with the original. I think that this one did a good job. Yeah. So I'd recommend it if you're, uh, if you're someone that doesn't, or someone that does like a horror film and doesn't mind a little bit of gore. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of gore. A lot of gore. There yeah. was there was some pretty raw moments where I was like, holy
1: crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but but that's what you go in you're go you go in expecting that I think uh, with that movie. You know, it's my it's Michael yeah. Myers. Like when he steps on the guy's head and it just it literally looks like explodes like a, squash like like a watermelon. yeah Yeah. Yeah, they may yeah. have used the watermelon as a prop. Who knows? Yeah. but yeah, it was definitely uh, it was interesting. And uh, but yeah, it's Michael Myers. You you have to you have to expect it. So yeah, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, first definitely. man first man should be good. It's been getting uh, some rave reviews, is from what I hear in the in the news. Uh, yep. Of course, the movie uh, details Apollo Eleven pretty much, um, and I think just the entire Apollo program. I know that there's a scene in there with the Apollo One fire. And all of the, you know, what came out of that, that led to Apollo 11 actually being a success. And um, that should be good. I'm interested to see it. I I, I hope it's not too,
1: too Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping that too. Hopefully it, the biggest thing I think for a lot of people and like for me going into it, like I would want it to be. I really want them to focus on the realism like uh, yeah. of like, you know, not making it sci-fi-ish and cheesy kind of like, you know. Right. Cheesy little things here and there with like maybe the special effects and all that, but cuz I think really the the one movie that kind of sets the bar is Apollo 13 as far as the realism. For um, sure. Yeah. So, hopefully, I mean, I don't think it'll be as good as Apollo 13 it could be, but um you know, well, let's
0: hope it's not like um, yeah.
1: what was that movie
0: with George Clooney. Oh, um, um, and Sandra Bullock. That one. Oh yeah, that Gravity. Was, was that was that Gravity? Yeah, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah. That was, uh, that was overall, that was pretty dumb. Yeah. So there were some scenes in that that I was like, "Just why? Like, why is this? Weird? Yeah. <laughs> why is this the way it is? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why so, would you do this? Yeah, why would you be uh, propelling yourself around in space with a fire <laughs> fire extinguisher? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's not like that. Uh, and I'm hoping... It seems to me that movies that are based on something that's already happened, like Apollo 13, they do a pretty good job. Because the script is already written for them. They don't have to... They don't really have to do much, you know, as far as the story is already there. They're not creating anything new. And I hope that they're not. Yeah. You know, that'd be lame if they if they tweak it, but... Yeah. It's it sounds like it's I think it's got like eight point nine or something or out of ten or somewhere around there. It's yeah. definitely it's I'd be you know a lot more skeptical if I was walking in and the,
1: the critics reviews were really low. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't. Know, I I just hope uh, I hope all of the stories uh, that they they share in the movie. Like I'm I'm sure it's going to be all you know true things, but you know I I just. I would hate for them to make up some kind of subplot within the movie or something right. like that. Just I, mean, I I don't think that would be the case, but I wouldn't be surprised at the same time if they did something dumb where it was like something they just just to make it more exciting or something like that. Which yeah. I don't you know why would you need to make that more exciting? But
0: I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they dramatize something. That I um, think so. yeah
1: that's I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like maybe. if
0: they if there were certain maybe bits of the alarm strikes relationships with people yeah. that are really blown out of proportion you know yeah. to make a scene like if there was a point i don't know this the, like the background obviously but maybe there's like a scene i could see it happening where he gets into an argument with a fellow you know astronaut or someone you know in the flight control or whatever and they like make it seem like it's this big freaking thing where you know, people are yeah. slamming i don't know maybe in i could see that happening but at the same time i'm hopeful
1: it doesn't happen I think they did mm-hmm. that they did that in Apollo 13 a little bit though um and I didn't know this till I after the fact um you watched you know little documentaries on like the making of the movie but with right. Apollo 13 when they're all arguing about um basically they're making it seem like Fred Hayes is like super pissed off at Jack Swigert Yeah yeah uh for stirring the tanks and all like yeah. just think in in reality it wasn't like there was no real like blame game going on. It was more or less you know I think they were they were pretty much all with each other during that the issue that they were having. It wasn't like, well, what did you do that for and like you screwed this up, yeah. I think they added that to make it more dramatic right. in the movie, but from all the interviews like outside of there, from like Jim Lovell and everybody but then he's actually, like he's like no that that we weren't you know actually throwing needed. stuff at each other and getting pissed at each other. but I think that's the, so. that's a good point because yeah. you
0: figure these dudes, as we've spoken about many, many times on this podcast, they were hired to do their job for a reason. Uh, one of those reasons being like they're not the type of person that would blame yeah. you know, it, like, even if it was one of the three or whoever somebody's fault, they' they are they have everything that they need to you know be successful there. And uh blaming somebody at that time wouldn't be the right decision. So yeah. I that's I think that's the thing. And that's, that's probably the why that they, they came out did. and said that after, like some of the guys that actually were like, No, that's that's not what we did. You know, we yeah, yeah we, we are we're actually, you know, very level headed people that yeah. didn't really get like that. So I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, it was a command that came up and whoever was sitting in the command module yeah. when it came up was the one that had to do it. So Right. I think that you know. they
0: Hollywood tries to dramatize it because they think that it makes it seem like they're more passionate or they're more, you know, I don't know, like there's just more drama. Yeah. Um, just like a rush for the audience, kind of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Little... But I'm hoping they can capture the, act- the true passion of the astronauts and the Apollo missions in general just with
1: what they should do, you know, I the think, actual passion of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that you I would think you'd be able to do that without having to add any extra. We'll hope so, you know, but you know we'll see. Yeah, so that'll be Tuesday. Um, we'll we'll
0: probably be releasing the podcast tomorrow, uh, Monday, the twenty second. Yep. And so we'll see this on Tuesday, the twenty third. We're gonna see it with the uh, the the OG Eclipse crew. Yeah. Uh, me, David, uh, David's dad, and my father in law, Race Chaser Dad, and then our friend John, who was featured, I think, on like episode two or three, maybe. Yep. I think it was episode three. Yep. Um, Fellow Eclipse Chaser. Yeah, Fellow Eclipse Chaser saw saw it down in Hopkinsville with us. And uh, so the four of us will go. I think Julia is going to try to go too. Yep. And we'll all see it on Tuesday evening. So that'll be good. And then maybe in uh, episode 15 we will uh, give a little tidbit, maybe a five-minute review of what we thought the movie was like and whether it was worth seeing and worth buying and whatever.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that'd be good. We could do a little uh, our own little review. Give it, give it. Uh, yeah. How many stars? How many stars? We feel, yeah. How, many stars? how yeah. many
0: stars would you give Halloween? Out of um, five. Well, yeah. Let's do out of. Let's do out of five. I don't like the ten scale. I out like of the five. five. Yeah. How many stars out of five?
1: I'd probably give it a four. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd give it a four too. Yeah, I, it wasn't like. It wasn't, you know, I, the only way I could give it a five is, is if I think, you know, maybe it was better than the original one, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't I think, think it, the original it's tough one to still, beat. Yeah, But um, I think definitely it was still still good. Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, I think I'll like it better if I get to watch it, like, on my own. Yeah, where without, you can actually hear all the dialogue. Yeah, without, I think part of it was the fact that the theater was just kind of like people talking and... Kind yeah. of ruined it a little bit. And but, I think yeah. the
0: tough thing with those movies, too, being a horror movie, you know, obviously the characters are going to do stupid things. They're going to. Like the scene where, you know, the the one girl could very easily walk down the dirt road, but she runs into the woods, and Michael Myers is, like, watching her do so. Mm-hmm. Instead. They're just commentating it like, mm-hmm. like oh no don't go in the woods oh what are you doing what are you? Yeah. like why why do we need to be doing that in yeah. the movie theater who knows yeah. uh, it's just a different type of person I think that yeah. it goes there with their friends or whatever who knows if they were intoxicated or what not I'm not really sure but I think probably
1: probably yeah, um, yeah.
0: so it kind of comes at the territory of seeing a, seeing a horror movie on opening night I think that just is an unfortunate reality but uh, yeah I'd like to see it again I'd like to see it in uh a place that i can actually enjoy the the cinematography and the the different sound uh, just the whole the whole pro, you know pro, production from a from an actual like i want to hear it i want to like see everything tied together correctly yeah without anyone commentating it yeah um would be cool so so yeah but that's that's what we've been up to just uh you know kind of doing our thing uh be yeah. staying busy staying busy for sure um busy with uh with work, yeah, work has been busy f- for both of us um, it was like our my company's fiscal year end is in September, so they're all ramping up to the end everyone's running around like a like uh you know there's a fire or something, and really it's not yeah it's like we're gonna hit the goal just let's all just take a break breather and just do our th- our daily yeah. daily grind um, so yeah works work's been work, but
1: yeah. Yep, just it's uh, you get done with a long day and your last thing you want to do is move. You just want to like sit and relax after yep. a long day. So yeah, it's been been busy, but uh we got sixty more years of
0: oh yeah, of this. <laughs> a long time. So <laughs> I'll be working till I'm ninety. But but yeah, that's why we do stuff but, like this yeah. though. That's why we have uh, clips yep. on tap is a nice little uh, monthly thing to look forward to even if it is a little later in the month and you know we have to carve out a little time on like a sunday yeah why not do it in a brunch format where we got we have got a buddy mary and we're just yeah it's just a, a fun little thing to do watch, so
1: watch a scary movie on a friday and yeah. you know
0: things and, like that yeah it's been a fun weekend um, yep. so yeah with that said um, definitely some news to update everyone on if you i'm sure everyone's heard this this made definitely i would say mainstream news yeah. Uh was the announcement of SpaceX's um first private launch passenger um that was probably towards the end of last month but definitely happened after our September episode. Yeah. Um so we didn't report on it then, but well yeah, so SpaceX uh, had a press conference and announced that the uh the first private passenger will be going in a kind of Apollo 8 style mission to do a little yeah. lap around the moon. They're not going to land on the moon, but they're going to do a little figure eight yep. and come on back. So, in the in the BFR, in I'm the all, yeah. BFR, which yep. is
1: going to be the same size, the same height as the Saturn V. Right. But uh I think it's much more much more powerful as far as mm. I know. Um but yeah, basically, they're it's basically gonna be Apollo eight style, but they're gonna be at I think sixty nautical mile or no, no one hundred twenty. Yeah. Is it one hundred? No, so it's not. So Apollo eight was sixty miles. It's a little further. Okay, so it's like twice as far. I out think it, yeah. as far as the orbit goes, yeah. but um, so yeah, it'll be that'll be interesting, um, yeah. and they're supposedly set that for twenty twenty three. Yeah, they're giving um, themselves a little five-year window. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I see it happening in five years. But I don't. I don't think I do either. Um, unless they, I mean, if they were already launching this BFR BFR test, right yeah. now, then I would say yeah, there's a good chance. But if
0: yeah. if the like as I mean, let's say the Falcon Heavy launch in February, the the inaugural, you know, the very first ever test launch of Falcon Heavy was the BFR. Yeah. Then I'd be like, okay, like I could see this happening, but it, it the BFR yeah. is still being built. It's not yeah. even done yet. So, um, you figure once it's built, if they could build it somehow within the next year and finish it, then you have you have to figure there's gonna be at least three years of testing. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's gonna be a little bit later. I don't doubt that it's gonna happen. I think it will happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it was really interesting news. The uh, the person that actually. Bought all of the seats on the BFR. Um, it sounds like e- when Elon and SpaceX announced that they were going to do it privately, do the private launch of the the BFR, the big Falcon rocket is what it, what he's calling it. Um, they had allotted a certain number of seats. Probably, I mean, the 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 price is undisclosed. Uh, has been you know not been released, but it's of course a in just an absolutely large amount of money. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think it was advertised as a number of seats. Um, and this guy, this uh, this forty two year old um, Japanese gentleman by the name of Yuzaku Maizewa, uh actually purchased all the seats. Yeah. And uh, and he, in a rel- I think that it's actually when I first heard the news, I was confused. Um, I was confused that this Japanese billionaire was just like buying all the seats to just screw everyone else. Like he just wanted to go yeah. by himself. Yeah. I didn't really realize. The whole the whole thing but I think it's actually pretty cool what he's doing yeah so he's a he's an entrepreneur and like a fashion designer and an art collector and he made his fortune in the um, kind of the fashion world um, he has a company that um, a, like a clothing company um, yeah and so he bought the seats because he wanted to allow fellow artists or creative professionals um, to join him on the on the mission. Um, people that wouldn't normally get a chance to go, so like true artists or photographers, filmmakers, um, musicians, people like that. And so that's I think that's pretty cool. I think it'll be once I once I got down to it and I actually read the whole story. I was like, okay,
1: this is. Yeah, when when I, cool. when I when I when th- I they first announced it all, it was um, a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. What to think? I was kind of like, well, nah, that's kind of great. And I, I had the first, my first thought was, okay, it's some some dude that just bought all the tickets just to, just to be, you know, a just to jerk, do. yeah. But uh, I think I mean, no matter what, it's gonna be really cool to see people go back to the moon mm-hmm. um, I mean they're not going to be landing yet, but I think this is the this is gonna be a cool cool thing to have happen for sure um you know I, it's definitely something I'd like to go if I can go see the launch um, yeah. or something like that but yeah, uh, see the that'd, be, of the BFI. that'd be really cool to to be able to experience that but I think the coolest thing about this is that it's gonna be fully reusable like it's mm-hmm. a two-stage rocket and everything's going to be reused on right. it so yeah because um, the second stage is the is essentially an orbiter yeah you know? and it's going to land it's uh, i mean the even it's, it's just going to be the whole thing's going to be you know i think that's the the biggest thing to make it affordable to keep doing this um you know in the long run whereas saturn 5 was the only thing that we kept that came back to earth was the capsule right um that's the only else. thing yeah. yeah so so i think if they can build this thing and uh, and put people in it within 5 years that'll be really impressive. I think it's going to probably take about 10 years though, I would think. But it seems and, like it
0: would take longer just because yeah. like we like we said it's just not built yet. Like that that's the thing that And I understand, you know, it's obviously um it's, far, as far as Elon is concerned, it's it's a progression in the chain of events that he's been, you know, projecting for a long time. Yeah. starting with the Falcon and then the Falcon Nine and then the Falcon Heavy, and now the BFR, um, they're yeah. all stepping stepping stones to build up to the same thing, you know the the self landing technology. the actual the actual rocket um, or rockets on on bFR are the same as the ones on Falcon Heavy, yeah. just in a slightly different array. Um, it's not it's not actually like two boosters in a center. Booster. Yeah. It's just one, yeah. um, but I think, which I think is cool. That'll be cool. because a lot of you know um, heavy, heavy load, heavy payload rockets nowadays are that style. Yeah. You've got your center booster and then two side boosters on the, on each side, left and right. Yeah. It'll be cool to see like just a one booster rocket go up Saturn Five style, because yeah. um, it's been a long time since one like that or that big has gone up. Obviously, something like Falcon
1: Nine is yeah. just one booster, but. I yeah, I mean the other thing I think of is that um I don't know all the details, but you know if they're gonna send up a group of people that know nothing about a spaceship, I mean you would have to think they're right now they've got they've gotta have those people picked as far as who's gonna go and get it you know, at least right now mm-hmm. be prepping them yeah starting now. Yeah. I wouldn't think you'd wanna because that's the biggest thing like I think of is you know, I I think, okay, yeah, this guy's some billionaire, and he thinks it's really cool, and he's always, you know, his quotes are, I've always loved the moon since I was a little kid. Well, okay, I'm sure if you talked about anybody in the world, they'd say Mm -hmm. that, but I just feel like it's going to be, you know, a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I want to go to the moon. This is really cool. And then they're going to get up there, and they're probably going to freak out when they realize They're, they're in space. Yeah, they were in space, and holy crap, there's the earth, and there's the moon, and Oh wait, now we're on the back side of the moon. Yeah. Like I think like there might be people who freak out a little bit about that if they're normal human beings. Right. And that's the reason I think a lot of the Apollo astronauts were a lot a lot of those get I mean they were pretty much all fighter pilots that really mm-hmm. had nerves of steel. Yeah. And could deal with that kind of like um that kind of feeling of oh my god, there I mean like I'm not you know, like I'm pretty sure I, home is a long die. ways yeah, away I right could there. Die. So very um, in, like in a split second, I could just yeah. be dead. That's the one thing I, I'm kind of like one of the first things I think of, especially if you're bringing a group of like essentially civilian people mm-hmm. around the moon that have never been to space before at all. So, I mean, I would think right now they've got to be working with every everybody with like, you know, whether that's like the vomit comet and like doing things like that to kind of get them trained to yeah. go. Because, the last thing he want is somebody going crazy when they go up there, even if it's only like a handful of days. Right. Um, and then this, the second thing I, I think is they probably have, they're probably going to have to have a couple of people who are actually astronauts. I think that go, they are. I think, for, yeah.
0: I think the intent is that there will be a crew, um, just as there'd be a crew for a space shuttle mission or... any man and any man launch and then i think that these folks will just be along for the ride and that you know different different capacity as far as what they're responsible for yeah i'm sure that they'll still be trained and they'll probably have to go through a a series of procedures uh, like contingency stuff like what happens if yeah an astro, like a little micro asteroid penetrates the command module and yeah they have to all of a sudden be like in charge yeah um Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. And the whole goal for Yuzaku Maizewa was like, you know, he's this big art collector and he's really inspired by art. And I'm not someone that can go to an art museum and look at art and like find inspiration. And I'm just not that, I don't have that type of mind. But I can appreciate that someone does. And it is kind of interesting. He's like, yeah, like what if, what if you could take Pablo Picasso to, you know, like, out of orbit, and he could look at the Earth from afar. Like, what kinds of things would he paint Mm -hmm. if he had that inspiration? Or I think he mentioned John Lennon. Like, what kind of song would John Lennon write uh, if he could see the moon, you know, Mm -hmm. the moon's surface? So I get that. I think that that's cool. It's just going to be interesting how they go about doing it. Um, The one thing that I think was also kind of the saving grace for me when I first read it, was I was like, well, this is kind of, I don't know, I feel like if they're doing, if they're sending humans into space, then I feel, personally, at the time, when I first read it, before I knew all the details, I was like, if they're spending all this money and stuff, even if it is funded by a private citizen, it should still be for the expansion of knowledge. Like, we should be, like, exploring or landing on the moon or doing, it, doing something that's going to actually aid in future missions, not just, like, a trip. Yeah, and that was my whole thing. But then I realized that uh, Elon came out later and said that because I think other people shared that sentiment. He came out and he's like, "Well, Yuzaku's um, investment not only is paying for his his seats, but it's it's also going to be an actual material like investment. His money will actually pay for a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it'll actually pay for um, the BFR and future BFR." missions which is pretty cool um yeah so when you think about it that way it's like okay if this guy wants to go like this guy you know yeah (laughs) if you want if he wants to go to go to do lap around the moon with some fellow creative professionals and and yeah they're not going to come back with any data or they're not going to come back with any you know thing that we don't already know about the moon for example but they're they're going to come back with a lot of interesting ideas for um you know, just humanity, like cool art projects and movies and whatever, music mm-hmm. and whatnot. But at the same time, that they're funding future BFR missions that are going to land people on the moon or they are maybe going to send people to Mars or whatever. Then that's when you're like, okay, yeah, this guy is actually doing something cool. Like he's doing yeah. something uh, with his money that a lot of other billionaires wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, and you look at it that way as almost an investment into the future, then it's uh, yeah. a lot more respectable.
1: Yeah, and I, I think uh yeah, overall, um this if anything, this'll definitely lead into, you know, the second BFR mission, if this is successful to get them around the moon and back. Yeah. Um, then we're probably gonna be looking at them somebody landing on the moon on the second mission maybe. Yeah, you I know just know wanna I on, I but, wanna see a moon yeah. landing. I wanna I see I do too, yeah.
0: I wanna see them land. It'd be so cool to see them land like in the general vicinity of Previous Apollo missions, yeah, and see just, like see the the lunar rover, and see like yeah, just to see that stuff, and it would put all of the skeptics to bed yeah. as far as like the moon missions are fake and all this. Like nope, there's lunar, there's yeah. a lunar rover out there just hanging out, three yeah. of them. Yeah. Um,
1: just land right by Apollo eleven, and <laughs> yeah, that'd be
0: so cool. Yeah, see some of this, the the artifacts that I guess you could call them that are up there. Yeah. That'd be really, really neat. So, yeah. but yeah, so that, that's Yuzaku Maizewa, 42-year-old fashion designer. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden is going to be the next uh, private, pa- or the first private passenger ever yeah. in the history of space travel. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. So I know yeah. Elon, uh, you know, he, he's, he's all about it, um, and he was really excited, uh, and the press conference was pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting as the years progress. This definitely made mainstream news and I have no doubt I'm actually 100% positive just knowing how mainstream news works. It made the mainstream because of its just, you know, it was something crazy new. Yeah. But for the next like 4 years, it will fall out of yeah, the mainstream. And, and until, until it happens, launch. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll keep up on the uh, it'll probably just be relevant within the space news community. yeah um, little updates here and there, but I, I hope they keep up on like informing people where they're at with uh, different stages in completing this project. I think Yuzaku is calling it the Deer Moon project. yeah and so he's got like a Instagram and a Twitter and everything and a website for Deer moon and it's pretty well put together uh, if you go to the website um, and kind of cool to cool to see. so yeah
1: so yeah, I'm but, looking forward to it. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully they can do it within a handful of years here, but Yeah, uh, that would be an man. impressive feat if they could that do it within be...
0: 5 years. Just yeah. crazy. But just knowing yeah. how things work in that in that world uh, with delays and funding and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff, I I expect it, yeah,
1: 5 years no, they're is more run, like 7 yeah. to 10. Yeah, they'll they'll run into issues too, you know. So it'll yep. be will will be mechanical issues, there will be logistical issues, there will be something will come up, you know, in the testing and which is what it's for, you know. I bet yeah. you we'll watch five years of actually testing the rocket unmanned, and then we'll finally. I mean, we could be wrong, but um, you know. Yeah.
0: Definitely, until it's. They build the BFR. They yeah. put it up at Pad Thirty Nine A. They're just like put some dudes in it. Yeah.
1: Send it. Yeah. <laughs> put a chimp in it, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I know they 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 have just done some static fire tests of the actual booster, uh, like the individual rockets. Um, but they have they're still putting putting the actual. Rocket together. Right? The actual like space vehicle uh, uh, in it's very much in the infancy stage, from what right. I from what I understand. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's going to be massive and uh, very very cool to see. Uh, definitely some groundbreaking news. So Big but, uh, yeah. rocket. the BFR, <laughs> yeah, good old Elon with his funny names. Yeah. Funny names for stuff. So yep. but yeah, I think that would be a good spot for a break. Um, I'm done with my Bloody Mary. I'm done with mine. Mine is uh, rather empty. Yeah. Some pickle seeds at the bottom, but that's about it. Um, so we'll take a break. We'll be back with you in a minute with uh, a different beverage for our Eclipse on Tap Brunch Edition. Back from the from the brunch break, um, it's now three o'clock. So I guess it's getting past the brunch hour. Yep. And with that said, we've cracked open a beer.
1: <laughs> we have uh, switched to beer. Yes. Bloody Marys to beer. Yes. Um, it's some g- might say it's dangerous,
0: but uh, when you're recording a podcast, it's uh, just what you do. <clears throat> what kind of beer do we have here? So I brought over some uh, Latitude Forty Two Brewing Company beer, uh, which is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the original one is in Portage, which is just south of Kalamazoo, but for, for all intents and purposes, Kalamazoo, uh, about 50 miles south of us in Grand Rapids, and it is called Party at the Moon Tower, double IPA, so it seemed fitting for our Very discussion yeah. of, uh, of a private launch to the moon, because they will be partying at the moon, uh, maybe, Yeah,
1: if, if all goes well. Wouldn't that be something... Yeah, a party on the moon. We actually have a. Eventually, there's a party on the moon. <laughs> yeah, like a legitimate party yeah, with beer. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs>
0: uh, the the caption on the side of the can says, This Dankalicious. You always know it's good when it says Dankalicious.
1: Dank is just always just the. Like, if it
0: says Dank on the can, I'm sold. It's good. It's hoppy. Yeah. This Dankalicious yeah. double IPA is a party in a can featuring Citra, Mosaic, 7C, and Columbus hops. Yeah. That will want to. That will make you want to party at the moon.
1: Yummy. All right. It is. A, it is good. I it is, like it.
0: Yeah, it's happy. I like it. It's got a nice, good hot bite to it. The can has. Uh, yeah. Kind of a psychedelic color combination <laughs> with uh, a UFO and. Yeah. A picture of the Earth and yeah, it's not particularly like space themed can, but it is cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a uh, comes in a sixteen odds can and rolls
1: in at eight point four percent. Well the the can I think is just showing the party on the moon. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the party on the moon because yeah.
0: you can see the earth in the distance. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's just hanging out. There's balloons, there's uh birthday hats,
1: there's beer. Yep. And I music. Yeah, I've uh I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love hops. Yes, hops. I love anything that has hops involved. <laughs> um I want to grill my own hops. Mhm. And uh Soon I will do that. I'm gonna get some. I gotta find some centennial hops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went to that store uh, not too long ago. We yeah, tried poor to, rocks. Yeah, tried to find some, but yeah, I will be growing hops on my patio, and just living amongst amongst the hops. Yeah, the hops. Yep. yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. that'll be good. Love it. Yeah, love the, spring, the stuff.
0: Spring, spring season. We'll plant some of those. Um, yeah, it'll be good. So, yeah, it's a tasty one. Latitude 42 is one of my favorites. Um, when I was in grad school in Kalamazoo at Western Michigan University, um, Latitude 42 had just opened um, yeah. back in 2014. And, or maybe it was 13, I can't remember. One of the, not. It's really not that old uh, yeah. as, as far as breweries go. Um, but they've done a really, really nice job. All their beer is well-made, well-crafted. I think the Brewmaster is from... Where did he come from? Maui Brewing Company or oh, something? Yeah. He, I know he came from Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, their cuisine is, is, like, top-notch, really, really good food. So if you're ever yeah. in the Kalamazoo Portage area, check out Latitude 42. So big shout-out to them. Yep. Um, it's a good spot. So, um, But, yeah, that with that said, um, the first half of our podcast uh, went a little bit longer than normal. We usually we try to get it about 30 minutes, and it was more like 40. Yeah. So, um We'll we'll get ourselves through uh, the last little bit of what we wanted to talk talk to you about and then be on with our week. Yeah. So, um, interesting news uh, this month of October. October 11th is when this occurred, but there was a Soyuz rocket in Russia that has been the primary transport to the ISS following the space shuttle being decommissioned in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the way that everyone gets up to the ISS. Um, on Russian soil, um, mixed missions, usually, you know, at least one Russian cosmonaut involved and then an American. I think there's been some, there's been from all over Japanese astronauts and yeah. Yeah. And
1: Canadians. Yep. 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 Well, yeah, we, um, this is the latest mission, but, Mm -hmm. and we were just talking about this before we, uh, during the break, uh, here, but, uh, the Soyuz rocket has been it's the same rocket that's they've been using this for since like the sixties yeah the same family of rockets this thing is a uh yeah you know it's it, it's an old design uh, obviously it works um, but as we found out you know there's even with uh, the most successful uh rockets out there there's still going to be issues but yeah, which we uh, you know, ran into uh, this, this past week with this latest launch.
0: Yeah, so October 11th, this Russian cosmonaut Alexei Ovechinin and NASA astronaut Nick Higg um, were ready for the Soyuz MS-10 spacecraft, um, taking them up to the International Space Station on a relatively routine transport mission to get the, the two of them up there. And um, really, not too far into the mission, one hundred and nineteen seconds after liftoff, um, just uh, right—it was literally a second after the first stage separation. um, There was an an anomaly that took place, and they felt some weightlessness, which they said was you know out of out of character for what they should have been feeling at that point. Yeah, there was something weird going on. Um and so the crew reported this fa- failure with the, one of the boosters. Yeah. Uh during that stage and they aborted the mission. Yeah. And uh both were were safe in good condition. The the abort procedure worked to, you know, the it uh, exactly like it how to it, kinda yeah,
1: like yeah, to the way it was supposed to. Mhm. I don't know if it you know, they would say obviously uh yeah, the the abort sequence probably worked to perfection, but um everything else not so much with that issue, but, um, yeah, it's just, um, I guess it's, because things like this don't really get a ton of news time at all. No, not um, at all. It's weird. It's kind of yeah, weird. so, it, like, that's the crazy thing now, and especially because they're launching from Russia. Right. Uh, and they're on the Soyuz rocket, and, and they have been for a, a long time now. Yeah. Um, just seems like, uh, you know... I don't know. I just not not a ton of people really pay attention to it unless you're really looking online and looking at all the news, uh, and you follow NASA and you follow all sorts of you know space Space. news outlets and all that kind of thing. Yeah, if you're plugged um, into space news. So, I mean, when it when it's not successful like this, you know, it's a big deal. It's, I mean, I I think it's. uh, goes to show you it's not like set in stone success every time they're going right. launch so not especially you know like I mentioned with this old of, an, of a rocket and this old of a design um, but yeah I mean um, I guess they'll I don't know I, I'm assuming they'll a few months down the road here they'll, or maybe even earlier than that they'll pick another time to send uh, another try up with a couple other you know, probably the same two I would think yeah Uh, maybe maybe not but um, just uh, a different time in space flight right now just a little bit different just you know not our own operation and we're basically hitching rides you know with the Russians up up into space you know but uh, I think uh, along with that you kinda a lot of things are out of your control and and we had thankfully these guys are okay and that there wasn't any major issues um, you know, outside of just the the booster issue, but
0: yeah, and and know. actually, this is interesting. The quote from Nick Haig, the uh, the NASA astronaut, the the American that was on board, alongside the the fellow cosmonaut from Russia, um, when we were talking earlier about uh, Muzaku Ma- Maizewa and his, essentially his, compadre is going up to, the moon, and if what what happens if they face some. Um, some emergency, mm-hmm. and we talked about how all the Apollo dudes had all this air force back or military background in general, navy, air force, whatever. Um, so this was the quote from Nick Hague. He said, "We were tossed back and forth inside the capsule a bit and thrusted away from the rocket as soon as the launch abort system had recognized there was a problem with the booster." Uh, that is when Hague's training and past as a U.S. Air Force pilot kicked in quote, my career in the Air Force has done a lot to help me prepare for a stressful situation like this, whether it's through deployments or my time in flight test, where we have had to deal with failures in aircraft that you're in and having to get down on the ground immediately. We train endlessly for, to address these types of situations. So um, scary enough, you know, very scary situation for sure. And uh, glad to hear the abort procedure went well. I- yeah, definitely scary, too, that it I mean, the incident happened, they were already 30 miles above
1: ground. Yeah, no, they were... They were pretty yeah, high. They, um, they were, like, near... Like, they were basically... First stage, se- yeah, the, next, the stage. Yeah, the stage was
0: literally separating. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it says, after surviving an incident above 30, 30 miles above ground, Nick Haig plans to make another attempt to visit the ISS in 2019. Yeah, so So next year. So he'll he'll try again next year, uh, which is good for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, no, I mean...
1: That's the thing, like, we were talking, like, you basically have to have, like, if the BFR goes up the first launch with those people in it and something like that happens, they've got to have a guy like that mm-hmm. on board, like, basically ready crew. to manually fly that thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, they'll have to have a crew, yeah. like, uh, of dudes yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, so I I would think that would be the case, but, um. so yeah, I mean unfortunate but at the same time at least everything all the safety systems all worked and everything and they were able to get back down okay but still scary stuff i mean especially that high up yeah you know it's not like the launch just took place um you know it's whatever but yeah yeah and and
0: thankfully there it was it sounds like it was one of the so the soyuz has the four boosters Mm -hmm. and when when they break off it like forms this like it almost looks like a cross in the sky, the way that the boost, like the smoke from the boosters, mm-hmm. and I think one of the four boosters, just like either, thrusted too much or not enough, and it probably it sounds like too much, and it like kicked them, the like out of sync, mm-hmm. you know, and and the stage wasn't going to separate, you know, successfully. So, I don't know the exact details, but from what I'm reading here, it sounds like it's almost. Um, like the rocket realized that it needed to abort mm. and it just like did it like i don't i don't know if they actually manually aborted oh really yeah because his quote is we were tossed back and forth inside the capsule a little bit and thrust it away from the rocket as soon as the launch abort system had recognized that there was a problem so there must be like an automatic yeah, like it something happened yeah. and the system was like all right well yeah. we're, we're aborting so yeah. so pretty cool that that all worked out um And they were able to make it back down just safely. Ninety minutes after flight, they they were um, fully removed from the capsule without any injury.
1: That that capsule, because they had that, uh, we were watching. Yeah, the cam, the video cam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that thing's small. It's like a it's like a mercury capsule. It's (laughs) It's tiny. (laughs) It's
0: it's really small. (laughs) Yeah. And it's cramped. Like it's it's not like it's it's small. And on top of being small, it's like full of stuff like yeah. there there's not a lot of there's no room for them to move. It is no. exclusively a transport vehicle. Yeah. for them to get up to the ISS. They're not moving around in there. So No. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Um absolutely terrifying. Yeah. So So yeah, his um Nick Hague the NASA astronaut's uh, account of this issue um was just published on October 17th, so just this past week. Yeah. Um so very recent, but um you know like we said, it, it everything worked out well and, and no lives were lost in the in the yeah. matter. Um, and, yeah, so... Yep. So, yeah, an interesting piece of news, nonetheless. Um, yep. And it is strange, you know, some of these rockets... Like, the Soyuz system, I mean, the family of rockets having first launched in 1966. And, of course, there's been different... This is, like, the MS-10 or whatever, and before that it was the MS-9. And yeah. Before that, I think there was, like, one that was the Soyuz u rocket or whatever there's all sorts of different iterations yeah but the general like idea of the, it, like that that rocket the general design yeah the general been, design of the rocket has been around for forever it'd be like if the if the, yeah. if the saturn 5 was smaller and less expensive just like we'd still like like using that still
1: yeah. yeah um pretty much yeah it'd be like uh yeah it you know, it might be a little bit different generation Saturn V, but it would be, you know, the same general idea. Yeah. It'd be like us still using that. Um, but, you know, I think it, hey, it's it been working, so that's pretty yeah. good. And it's been, I think for its purpose, it's been, you know, why change it, you know? Because I think yeah, if you're just, just using it for transport, but... Um, yeah, like, they're they're I mean, literally
0: just carrying... It's they're not carrying a satellite. They're not carrying, you know, any sort of real payload. They're carrying. Yeah. I mean, the payload is the two or three men or women on on board plus yeah probably supplies as far as food, food and, and all that clothing kind of and whatever they need. But there, there's no true payload. Like yeah. it's like a there's no um, there's no satellite. No. There's no one ton payload. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is a ton of of food and clothing and whatever, but. Yeah. Um, but it's a different, yeah, it's a different scenario, um, for sure. So, but yeah, interesting news. Um, I'll be interested to see when they launch next to yeah. go
1: to the ISS. Yeah. Um, and on the topic of the ISS, a rumor that I've heard is that, uh, actually I heard this from my dad, that they're actually finding drill holes oh, in yeah, the you were, side. Yeah. He was telling us about this. Of... And I don't really have... I haven't even really looked up any kind of news article, but they're actually finding drill holes in the side of the ISS. Someone's actually... They don't know who's doing it... Yeah. ...or when they're doing it, but there's actual holes from an actual drill bit in the side of the ISS. Yeah, and they're saying... So so
0: the the way that, like, when, you know, as you know, if you've drilled something into the wall or you've drilled through some metal, the bore of the drill is going to... Uh, create kind of like a, you're gonna be able to see which direction you were drilling from. It yeah. wasn't. It was very obvious. It wasn't a projectile coming in from outside yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah, the article. Um, this was posted back in September, but it was a Gizmodo article, which they do, you know, like tech news and yeah. space news and stuff. And the article is titled "What the hell is going on with the ISS drill hole story?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. So. A tiny hole in a Soyuz spacecraft attached to the ISS has, been, has turned into a strange game of international telephone. Scientists immediately determined that the pressure leak in the capsule attached to the ISS, which was first detected on August 30th, wasn't a big deal. The astronaut, astronauts were never in danger of running out of air or being sucked into space, but back on Earth, the CEO of the Russian Space Agency suggested a sabotage, saying he wouldn't rule out the fact that the hole was made through deliberate spoilage. So, yeah. it sounds like it was in the capsule. The drill holes were in the capsule of the Soyuz while it was attached to the ISS. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, NASA first reported t- signs of a tiny pressure leak in the ISS on August 30th and deemed that the astronauts were not at a risk. Analysis revealed that the leak came from a hole in the Soyuz MS-09 module that was docked to the ISS, which arrived in June. They patched it with tape and epoxy, and fix the problem. So, some good old duct tape. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Which is also really scary, yeah. Some speculated yeah. at first that the damage could have been caused by a micrometeorite, but then everyone saw a photo of the hole, which certainly looked as though it was created from the inside by a drill. Uh, CEO of the Russian Space Federation, Dmitry Rogozin, said, perhaps the hole was caused by an error during the manufacturing process, but he did not rule any options out. Including someone drilling the hole intentionally on Earth or in space, so the picture. I mean, it is tiny. It's like,
1: yeah.
0: It's like, like, here's the picture.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it right now. Tiny, tiny, like. Yeah. But still scary. Um, I mean, still like that. That's the thing is, it's there's nothing between them and space from that hole. Am I correct? No. No, it's like that's, that's just a that's hole. Out yeah. of space, yeah. Now to me based
0: yeah. on I don't know. I feel like that hole to me looks like The weird thing is there's marks on to the upper right of it like like nicks from like a drill. Do you see mm-hmm. that? Like in the paint and mm-hmm. then it went in. But yeah. it almost kind of looks like it might be like a manufacturing error. Yeah. Me. I I I don't know if it looks Which
1: that that's a big manufacturing error. <laughs> absolutely. But it
0: doesn't look to me like it was like Yeah. Like I feel like if you were deliberately trying to sabotage something, you would do more like a bigger yeah, hole. Like
1: a, yeah, that that wouldn't be a big issue. Right? Yeah. I mean like drilling a hole that big you would think it's like, okay, well I don't know. Um and I don't really know how well the pressure system works inside the space station, but right. you would think it'd have to be a lot bigger to have a substantial effect over yeah. a, in a short period of time. but Yeah. Yeah, so
0: it, it essentially we'll, it alerted their systems, yeah. but but I don't think it, anyone was ever in danger. No. Um, so the ISS station commander and NASA astronaut Drew Fuestel denied any American involvement with the hull. Um, the quote from the astronaut drew Fuestel was I can say that the crew had nothing to do with this on orbit without a doubt and I think it's actually a shame and somewhat embarrassing that anyone is wasting any time talking about something that the crew ha- was involved in so he is uh, you know obviously very very adamant that, it, very wasn't adamant that it, it wasn't him it wasn't uh, any other fellow Nas- NASA astronaut or any Russian cosmonaut yeah um, which I I would probably agree with him. Like, i like
1: i would too and i'd I, be really disappointed if it was somebody yeah if somebody was actually doing something like that i i would kind of question but at the same time you're like how the heck did it get there and from what i heard from my from the race chaser yeah uh is that they actually found like there was that hole and there was another hole that appeared yeah again. so like there there's a continued issue going on. I don't think there's just one hole. I think there was a second hole, but we'll have to do more research maybe for the next. Yeah.
0: The next the podcast. Russian side of things, the quote from the um Yuri Borisov, who's like the head dude at for for Russia. Yeah. Uh Deputy Prime Minister of Russia Space or Defense and Space Industry. He says, quote, "It's absolutely inappropriate." Um uh, to compromise the reputation of either our cosmonauts or any American astronauts. Um, so again, following that same theme. Yeah. Um, Gizmodo has reached back out to NASA for for a comment. We'll update the post when they hear back. So we'll we'll keep keep you posted on this. Um, one it says one expert familiar with the Soyuz mo- modules construction told Gizmodo that it is preposterous to suggest that someone could have drilled a hole in space. Due to the constraints of microgravity, uh, quote "You need to push with enough or yeah with enough force to penetrate both the fiberglass and the aluminum wall." So mechanically difficult to do uh, is what they're saying. So they're thinking if it, if it was intentional, it was done on earth, mm. not while they're up there so which makes sense. That makes sense to me. It'd be like trying to drill out of a airplane. Like, out of if you're a passenger in an airplane and you had a drill, like that's challenging because it's pressurized. Yeah, it's like, uh, did have you seen that trend with like self the pilot selfies? Have you heard of this? No, it is, it's actually really sad to me that people believe this. So, there's this trend on like Instagram where it's a photo of a pilot, he looks like a pilot, you know, American Airlines or whatever, white shirt with the little tie and the the wings, you know, looks like a normal pilot. At, like, altitude, 30,000 feet flying, like, a jet, with his, you know, you can open those cockpit windows in an airplane Yeah. when you're on ground, if you're trying to communicate with someone, like, you know, in the sky, the, whatever they call it, the the jet bridge, you can open those up, but um, the pictures are of the pilot, like, with his head out the window, and his tie is flapping in the wind, like, taking a selfie, like, flying this plane, and people actually believe it. People believe that this dude could, first of all, somehow muster up the strength while this cabin is pressurized. It would take so much force to open that window. Like, you'd have to be... A human being couldn't do it. You cannot... While that plane is pressurized, you cannot open a window. Yeah. And then, on top of it, you know, you hear stories about fighter pilots when they have to, like, eject. Yeah. When they eject, their, like, body is facing the, you know, the, the bare air pretty much. And they're just in their seat. And that's one of the things when they eject, they get broken bones and like ripped skin and stuff because they're going so fast. And when they eject up this, like just the sheer force of the air. Yeah. Like breaks all of their limbs. Yeah. And so this, people are thinking that this is real. This pilot would be like just yeah. ripped out of the yeah out of the seat, so yeah, I agree with that that it would People be are s- dumb. extremely <laughs> difficult to do to to push a drill through yeah. the side of a spacecraft module um yeah. in space with microgravity would be a real challenge, so nonetheless, definitely weird they're gonna have to do
1: a lot of investigating, hopefully they can get down to the bottom of it, yeah um and hopefully it wasn't you know a sabotage of any kind, but you never know. Yeah. Could be. But with all the testing and all that, 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 that happens on the ground, you would wonder, okay, well, how would that not have gotten caught? But But, um, you know. It is crazy. It,
0: the scariest thing about it, especially if it was done on Earth, is that little things like that, little tiny things, whether, you know, whether it was intentional or not, are the things that end up making... A rocket blow up or, yeah. or you know like a little like this little like fault. the challenger yeah. or like the o-ring on the booster yeah is you know faulty and all of a sudden the entire booster blows up yeah exactly little tiny
1: things like that yeah. are are really really big deal yeah so which you never know somebody could have done that thinking that was the case and yeah you know yeah
0: kind of scary well that not kind of for sure scary um, it mm-hmm. sounds like both the US and the Russia or and the Russia. And Russia are um yeah. both communicating, you know, well on Mother this. Mother Russia. They're they're communicating well on the issue. There's no foul play suspected, uh and they're both, you know, uh, totally open to, to chatting with each other about it. So so that's yeah. that's good. Um but yeah, kinda of some weird news, so um hopefully they can figure that out. We'll we'll update it with uh what's going on maybe next month. Yeah. So we will. But, uh, but with that said, um, that brings us uh, to the end of episode 14. Yep. And so uh, we will sign off with our shameless self-promotion of our social media. And beer in hand. Beer in hand, yeah. Yep. Uh, please follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram if you have those. At uh, Eclipse on Tap is the handle. And then if you don't, you can email us out at eclipseontap at gmail.com. Or you can visit us on our website, eclipseontap.space, or holyshit.space. I prefer holy dot space. They both will lead you to the exact same spot, yeah. but if you're yeah. feeling like you want to just more direct holyshit.space. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. that was our That's first reaction favorite. when we saw the eclipse, so we figured we'd get the domain name and save yeah. it. So both domains are still active and uh, very much alive. So... Uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it if, if, if you do like what we're doing. Um, you know, we're 14 episodes in now. Um, we were just looking, I think we, you know, the number of listeners we've had across all episodes, uh, is something that we're proud of. We're like, okay, that's pretty cool. It's, it's not a ton and that's not something that like drives us to do this. Yeah. We're We're driven to do this because of our own. It's fun for us to do and we're passionate about the subject. So we do it because we like to. But yeah. it is cool to see that people are actually listening, yeah. and so if you are a listener and you've consistently listened, uh, and you don't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store wherever you listen, we'd love it if you if we saw that or send Absolutely. us a tweet, uh, send us a photo
1: of something you saw in your telescope. Absolutely, some art. Send anything, um, anything you have that you know we can. Telescope outing, um, weekend camping with the telescope, anything like that. You're on your uh, bike and you find an Apollo poster. Exactly, like, exactly. Any any uh, good trash finds, uh, I would hope you wouldn't you know continue to find Apollo stuff in the trash, but uh, rescue but yeah, it for us. Yeah. yeah, rescue it for us if you do, and then send a picture. Yeah, um, or you know if you happen to be visiting. NASA or you know going yeah. down to the Cape and and, yep. and doing that kind of thing just tag us hashtag us in at eclipse on or hashtag eclipse on tap yeah or tag us in at eclipse on tap for sure uh, on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that that's that would be uh, really cool if we could get that going too so
0: yeah and, and you know we've talked to you about like getting some getting some eclipse on tap driven trips going yeah uh, a trip back down to Hopkinsville a trip to the Cape yeah um and so Huntsville maybe Huntsville Yeah, yeah. So, to, to, so to have um a, listen, a listener or two that has made that trip uh, reach out and, and post a cool photo would be amazing it would probably further inspire us to go yeah uh, to go down and, and so we'll highly look forward to that that day when we um we can see those those uh sacred places so to speak yeah um and we'd love to see your visit to those places too so. To so reach out for sure, and then um, I think we'll probably be trying to do some more T-shirts soon.
1: Yeah, we were we we're gonna do. We were talking about that. We were talking yeah. about doing some shirts and maybe some hats. some hats. Yeah. So and maybe some koozies. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. the The first yeah. run
0: of uh, of shirts was literally just for myself and David, just as a test. Yeah. And uh, they are they are our official bowling jerseys. Yeah. Uh, so everyone mm-hmm. uh, everyone we bowl with um, you know they see our team name up on the screen and they see our shirt they're yeah. like you guys have team shirts like well yeah uh, but on top of that this is our podcast we should
1: yeah we should do I was thinking like a black polo mm-hmm. like, so it's like a classy polo with yeah. like a embroidered for when we do trips to
0: Kennedy or yeah. trips yeah. to Huntsville just so exactly. we like
1: so we look legit mm-hmm. business cards yeah we'll we get we've we'll get a business cards, we have so. yeah we got a design
0: yeah. for the business cards yeah um where uh, on one side it says if you like or what did it say? Do you like beer? Like, do you like beer on one side and then you flip it over and it says, yeah. "Do you like space?" So yeah. either way you flip it over, you're gonna, yeah, 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 you'll follow, you'll go and check it out. So exactly. So um, we'll hook you in. So we're we're hoping to get moving on those sorts of things um, soon, and once we do, post them up on our website and Twitter and Instagram, and we'd love to. Um, you know, give away a couple T-shirts, maybe like the first person that can reach out with a cool photo of uh, what they see, and I don't know, something like that. So a cool photo from their telescope or whatnot. Um, we'll send you a T-shirt. Exactly. So we'll figure it out. It'll be yeah. in the works. But, uh, when we with, get
1: those in, we'll uh, we'll uh, tweet them out. We'll we'll gram them, Instagram them out, and uh, and so you guys know that they're in, and we'll do we'll post the yeah. competition. We'll gram it. Yeah. We'll gram it. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So with that said, uh, that wraps up episode fourteen, and we'll see you next month, which is uh, soon approaching in November, uh, yeah. for episode fifteen. Sounds good. See ya. Cheers.